Our God is a missionary God, and we are His missionary people. You're listening to The Scent Life, the official podcast of the Center for Great Commission Studies at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. Amen. Early 1970s, Johnny Nash wrote, I can see clearly now the rain is gone. And sometimes we need to see more clearly in what we do related to missions and our missionary language. Welcome to The Scent Life. Today we're going to talk about foggy words and the problem they propose as we seek to reach the world for Jesus. Welcome again to The Scent Life. Hey, Keelan. Hey, Scott. How you doing? I am well, man. How are you? Good. Welcome back. The weather's getting cool. It's fall. I'm sitting here in a long sleeve sweater, which I may wind up having to take off because this podcast studio tends to be hot. It <laughs> is. But man, so we're back, right? We appreciate Dr. Yeah. John Ewart and Adab for taking the summer, introducing our listeners to our Global Theological Initiative, and really getting an insight to what God's doing around the world. Yeah, there's some really encouraging stuff. If you, as a listener, missed our stuff over the summer, you need to go back and hear some of those episodes about the things that our Global Theological Initiative here at Southeastern is involved in. There's some really encouraging testimonies from around the world and how God is at work uh, and equipping the saints for the work of the ministry in all kinds of places and contexts. Some cool stuff. Yeah, it's really encouraging. Sometimes we hear news on our social media feed or we watch the news and we think, man, the world is just falling apart. And in some ways it is. Sure. But that's to be expected because the Bible tells us that. But it's also fascinating and encouraging to see God doing great things around the world sometimes in the same places we hear bad news from. No doubt, no doubt. It's always neat to see how God is a missionary God, and he has a global mission uh, that we all get to participate in, and that's neat. It's neat to get to hear those stories. Yep. So like Keelan said, if you didn't pick up on or didn't catch our summer series on Global Theological Initiative, we'd encourage you to go back and listen to those, be encouraged by what God is doing around the world and how Southern Baptist and Southeastern Seminary are advancing the gospel among some of the unreached. And so today, I mean, we're back in the studio. It's fall, the semester started, and we are ready for a new season of The Scent Life. Yeah, we're a couple of weeks behind where we had hoped to be, but we're we're back now, and we've got a full slate of ideas for this season. In fact, I'm particularly excited about some of the things that we're going to be talking about this season. We're working on a number of key interviews with other people that are going to be talking about a range of topics this this season that I think will be really encouraging for our listeners. So I'm, I'm excited about where we're headed, Scott. Yeah, we've got some missions practitioners we're going to talk to. Yep. We've got some authors we're going to talk to, highlight some new books that have come out that we really think our listeners are going to be excited to hear about. We've got some cool things happening at the seminary yep. that really will make a difference, I think, in the kingdom and I make a so difference too. for for the advancement of the gospel that we want people to hear about. And so I think it's going to be a very exciting season. No doubt. And today... If we want to go ahead and head in this direction, sure. Scott, the uh, thing that we had on the table for us to start talking about, and really something I hope we can revisit over time, is this concept of foggy words that Scott mentioned in the in the very beginning of the podcast, foggy words and how those can sidetrack the mission, essentially. And so what in the world might we mean by foggy words? Yeah, I don't know, because sometimes around here in North Carolina, early in the morning in the fall, or the spring, or the summer, 
or the winter. Yeah, really just any time, right? Just any time. <laughs> yeah, my cell phone will go off and say, hey, there's weather alert, fog alert. Be careful when you're going to the office. You won't be able to see very far. But it doesn't say foggy words. It just tells me fog. So what do we mean by foggy words, Keelan? Where does yeah. that even come from? All right, so let me start by just floating a sentence out there that you may have heard in a sermon or you may have heard in some kind of talk or advertisement for the next big thing that we're doing in church, right? So is this foggy word alert? Uh, This is foggy word alert. Be listening to this sentence. In order for us to engage people in outreach, we need to do life with them and be intentional about loving on them. Okay. All right. So there's a sentence. There's a good chance if you're listening to this and you've sat through enough sermons, you've heard something very similar to that statement. And when you hear it, if you're really not paying attention, you go, well, of course. Yeah, that sounds right. That's, I mean, that's a good statement about what we need to be doing. But slow down and listen to those words and tell me, what does it actually mean? Yeah, what do those words mean? And that's the point that we want to get to when we talk about foggy words. So... I think a way to frame this conversation, in fact, a uh, book that I was reading a long, a while back, it was written a long time ago, mm-hmm. back in the, the 70s, in fact, right. by a fellow, a missiologist named Donald McGavern. Mm-hmm. Now, you may be familiar with McGavern. His work kind of makes its ways into a lot of missions conversations. Sure. But he made a statement in this book that I think was really profound. It was almost an aside, but I'm going to read you a quote mm-hmm. from this book, and I want to talk about how that is as applicable today as it was, you know, gosh, that's what going on 50 years ago now. Yeah. So here's the quote. In recent years, the foggy word work has become popular. This least common denominator includes all kinds of activities, preaching, teaching, healing, theological training, broadcasting, building, and chicken raising <laughs> are all work. Ardent church planters, like the Southern Baptists, addicted to the idiom, even when they begin a church in some town in Mexico, are likely to say, we have opened a work here. Wherever used, the word hides what is being done. Foggy words, yeah. So, in other words, we use a word, it sounds like it feels good, but the meaning of that word are kind of hidden. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like this sentence you gave at the very beginning, right? Right. What does it mean to engage? What does it mean to do life? What does it mean to love on people? Mm-hmm. Here in this this statement of 1970, what's work? And he gives us several things from building a chicken coop to preaching to teaching to planting a church, the word work. Now, we use those things, Keelan, and in our modern evangelical vocabulary, we kind of use them as shortcuts for saying things, meaning yeah. things. But I can tell from the way you're loading the gun here that you think there's a real problem with using these words. So what's what's the real struggle when we use these words in conversation and it kind of fuels the direction we're going, but we don't really know what we're saying? But is that really an issue? I mean, what, what's the struggle sure. here with foggy words? So I, th- I mean, you're absolutely right in what you said, right? So we tend to develop a, for lack of a better word, Christian dictionary mm-hmm. uh, that we love to use. And of course, you know, we Southern Baptists are, are no better off than anybody else in this right. category. We've got all these phrases that we, we like to use, and they become shorthand. Mm-hmm. Now, there's value in having shorthand right. as long as there's a shared understanding of what those words really mean. Okay. And that is where a foggy word becomes a, 
probably an unhelpful shorthand if we're not careful versus okay. a helpful shorthand where we've got a clear definition and we make sure that we know we mean the same things. Mm-hmm. So a foggy word, it sounds good, mm-hmm. but it can be vague enough mm-hmm. that we're really unclear about the things we're engaged in or we're involved in in order to accomplish the task. Mm-hmm. But what task, yeah. right? That becomes the question. And we do this for a number of reasons, some noble, right? These words are a compelling way to communicate. Uh, That's one thing. They allow us to load meaning into, say, a sermon Mm -hmm. where we use one of these words. They they come loaded with cargo. They come Mm -hmm. loaded with some freight, and it keeps me from having to unpack this real nuanced explanation of something. So I just stick it in this word. And so they are helpful Mm -hmm. in that sense. But there's downsides, Right. Right. A uh, couple of those downsides. One is we we may think we're talking about the same thing and not be. Okay. So that tends to be a real issue. When so we, we use, don't have an agreed upon yeah. definition, which then means if I say we've engaged this city and you say we've engaged this city, engagement may be different. Right? Exactly. What does engaged that them mean? in what? Right. Okay. And you'll note that. You'll see that kind of language used. We'll talk about some kind of outreach. Mm-hmm. And, man, I've worked enough in, in churches doing consulting and stuff, particularly when I was back out in Houston. Every church has outreach events. Right. And they mean wildly different things sure. by that term, outreach event. Sure. And what it demonstrates to you is that a lack of common agreement or mm-hmm. lack of understanding on how we would define outreach. Mm-hmm. And so it's not that the word outreach is bad. Right. It's that we, we need to make sure there's shared understanding behind one of those words. So that's, that's one of the problems. Right. The other issue that I think we see when it comes to foggy words, it often gives us a place to hide is probably too strong a word mm-hmm. here, but it gives us a way to feel mm-hmm. like we're getting something done, yeah. like we're being effective because the the meaning of the word is unclear. And okay. so we can hide, not necessarily inactivity, but inefficiency in what we're doing or a lack of clear engagement in a particular task mm. behind a broader word that we can slap around really just anything that we're doing. Yeah. So in some ways, it both clouds the conversation about what we're doing, which means that Outreach could mean evangelism, right. sharing the gospel with someone, or outreach could mean a community activity where we're giving away backpacks. It could mean participating in a, a regional evangelism crusade, or it could mean something like we had a you know a garage sale in our community and we right. you know we gave away something. So outreach. So then, what does it mean? And so we have difficulty evaluating was it effective or ineffective because we don't even know what it needs to mean. That would be one. Yep. The second is it often can cloud the fact that we're not pushing the ball down the field no doubt. so that we're not really advancing the cause of missions, and we hide it behind these words that sound spiritual and sound like we're doing something. So, yeah, so, so there's an issue that's here, but what do we really do about it? I mean, you're, you're a missiologist. You're not just a linguist, and so there's all this. So what, what would be some, some takeaways? Obviously, we're going to spend some time this, this whole season on yeah. the scent life. We want to unpack several of these foggy words. What do they mean and what should they mean and how are they confusing? But today, let's just give our listeners a little bit of guidance on what do we do now that I know these things exist and now that I know there's a problem, 
Now, what do I do about it? Because we do live in a world where people use the words all the time. Yep, that's right. Uh, So as far as the topic here is concerned, I think the way to move forward for a solution is really to just be aware that this is a phenomenon and call it what it is, Okay. right? So oftentimes, I would say the vast majority of time, the problems that come from foggy words are not malicious or intentional. I don't think most people are doing that on purpose. I think, though, we need to put some glasses on to look specifically for this issue. We need to call it out. This is a phenomenon that happens Mm -hmm. in the way we teach and equip people, in the way we preach and communicate about the mission. Uh, And so let's say, hey, this is a thing. Yep. And once we've done that, we're in a position to call out specific phrases. Okay. Uh, it creates in us, those of us particularly, who have to communicate about the mission. Yep. So this is you, pastor. This is you, Sunday school teacher. This is our missionaries on the field. It's anybody that's engaged in communicating about the mission and leading others in the mission. Put some thought mm-hmm. into recognizing in the way you speak about these things where you may have started using some of these words. So step one, let's do some work to identify what the words are. Sure. Right? Yeah. And then, of course, after they're identified, let's start giving them some definitions. Yeah, that's helpful. Because the fact of the matter is that the pastor, the missionary, the missions pastor, the Sunday school teacher, the denominational leader, the seminary professor, mm-hmm. we're charged with the responsibility of teaching people. And if our language is unclear, then we're actually could be confusing and not helping people know this is what we're trying to accomplish. I was in a conversation just the other night with somebody in the community talking about an activity that they were engaged in, uh, a, a mission activity. And so I said, well, it's fascinating. Tell me about, well, we got people from the 1040 window. They're here. We're doing missions with people who are here. And I said, great. Well, what are you doing? And the, and the, the answer was, well, you know, these, they come to our country. And they don't know anybody. They need friends. They need conversation partners. Right. And so we're doing missions by befriending them. And I, got, I thought, well, that's sweet. And we got to the end of the conversation. And as I, as I was moving away from that conversation, it dawned on me, wait a minute. You started the conversation with, we have these people from the 1040 window, which is the area of the world which is the least reached, less Christian most hostile region in the world, well over 70% of the unreached people groups in the world live inside the 1040 window. Less than about 10% of our missionary force is sent inside the 1040 window to share the gospel and plant churches. And we're saying we have these people who've moved to our community so we can do missions. Right. And then we're asked, what is the mission being their friend? Right. So then we've confused the word. At some point, these well-intended, well-meaning people are using this word without definition, and they've redefined the activity. So at the end of the day, I say, yeah, but have you told them about Jesus? Is the goal to tell them about Jesus? Is the prospect that some of these people who may be from a place they've never heard of him will hear about him? And so this unclear language really does create a missiological evangelistic issue and those of us who are teachers need to be really clear when we teach that our words have meaning so those who apply them apply what we mean. Absolutely. And that's a, that's a case example of the kind of thing we're talking about here, right? If there's not clarity in the foggy word, we wind up engaging people in an activity. And, of course, this is not what you're saying, Scott. It's not wrong to befriend these people. No, no, In no. fact, that may be an important step in being able to do good gospel ministry with these people. 
However, if it is all you have in mind, then your definition of missions is too anemic to hold to a biblical standard of missions, right? Right. And so we've got to clear the air, so to speak, uh, (laughs) pun intended, on these foggy words. Uh, Another thing that I would say, so for teachers, I think there's a, a particular burden on this one. We need to identify them in our own speech and the way we talk. And we need to work to remove them or define them. Right. Let, let's get some clear definition behind what we mean when we use these terms. Now, if you aren't in the teaching role, I also think you have a responsibility here. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's develop some discernment to try to identify these words in the sermons that we hear, the books that we read, even the podcasts that you listen sure. to. Be listening to our podcast. Call us out if you hear some foggy words. And so start developing that kind of mindset and how you engage critically with the the things you're hearing. And then seek definitions. Try to have a follow-up of, hey, what exactly do you mean by that word? And how do we know that we're doing what you're asking us to do there? Yep. Good. Well, in the words of Johnny Nash, I can see clearly now (laughs) the rain is gone. Hey, thanks a ton. This is fun. This season, we want to, along with our interviews and our conversations, you know, part of what we want to do this season is clarify some common foggy words that we use in the mission conversation. So, You can help us out through our social media feeds or other ways of communication. If there are some foggy words that you hear that you use, let us know what you think they are, and we'll talk about those as well. That's right. All right. Thank you all so much for listening. We're excited to be back on The Scent Life with you this season. And as always, we look forward to being with you next time. Thanks and God bless. The College at Southeastern believes that God is at work in this generation, calling out Christians to leverage their lives for the Great Commission. That's why we train students biblically, theologically, and vocationally in community to give their lives for the cause of Christ. In spring 2024, Southeastern will be hosting its annual GO Conference designed to train, challenge, and mobilize college students for the Great Commission. Invite your college group to join us on campus on February 9th and 10th Save the date and sign up for next year's conference at thegoconference.com.